0: On today's episode, we'll be talking about when two health IT guys walked into a hospital. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag H-I-T-S-M and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 15 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. It's always fun when two guys walk into a bar, right, Colin?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially when it's two non-drinkers like you and I. Yeah, (laughs) and it hasn't happened
0: for a year and a half, right?
1: (laughs) Yes, I think that that would be... Actually, I look forward to to doing that again at some point. But uh, yes, so in lieu of a bar where two guys walk into a hospital.
0: When have you last been in a bar?
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably like January 2020. That was the last time I was in one.
0: Yeah, I was. I I mean, I'm trying to think. The last, you know, I, I only go to bars at health IT events, you know, which is, you know, funny for a teetotaler like myself. <laughs> people are like, I see you at the bars a lot, but uh, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I mean, we had we went to the event in Denver, but we didn't go to a bar, so it must have been like all the way back November in 2019
1: for me. Wow, crazy. crazy! It's crazy. I mean, I've been to a few to pick up something. Like, you know, that a restaurant had a bar, but not yeah. to actually go to a bar. So, well, that's fair. But, In
0: Vegas, if you eat out, there's a bar. So, I guess that's. Yeah. Fair.
1: yeah. But on this episode, I thought, John, it would be fun to talk about you and your, your experience and my personal experience recently with the healthcare system and how, you know, how as much as we talk about it here on the show and all these great and wonderful things that are happening how, you know, it doesn't really hit the road in some spots.
0: <laughs> Reality is different than what's talked about online. Is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> That's, um, that is exactly what I'm saying. So maybe I'll start and just say that. So the last month, really, I've been struggling with, uh, you know, my shoulder, my left shoulder. It's really been bothering me. It's a lot of pain. And initially, before I, you know, called my doctor, you know, I was, I do certain movements and it would literally cause me pain. I'd have to sit down for five minutes before this pain would subside. So it was really bad.
0: I feel Typical, like an I old kind age of th- joke is needed right here. Something yeah, pretty sure
1: it was old age. Yeah. Well, actually that- that's what I kind of talked up. <laughs> that. I thought, oh, you know, I'll go away after a few days and, you know, it's just something sore. I must have tweaked it and anyway, it didn't go away. <laughs> so, so the first part of my experience was pretty good. So I called up the, the physician I normally see and, and uh, she's affiliated with a hospital. So I called her up you know, called up the practice and said, Hey, you know, I've got this shoulder pain or whatever. And she's like, Oh, okay. That sounds really bad. Um, let's arrange an appointment for, you know, so-and-so a time. And I said, cause oh, that sounds great. And she goes, um, so do you want video or telephone? Or do you want to come in? I'm like, oh, that's new. Like, I like this. So I said, no, we could, we just do it by a, by a video? She goes, well, video, we might have to push it out a few more weeks
0: Wait, so it um, was longer for telehealth than. Yeah, it was
1: longer for telehealth, right? But she goes, well, if you want to just do it on the phone, I can get you in like tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do a phone call first. And she goes, yeah, well, just so you know, it, it may turn out that after the phone call, you may be asked to come in or we may have to do it further. So it might not be resolved tomorrow, but, yeah. but, you know, just try and, and see. So I said, great. Okay, let me give a phone call. So first, I really appreciated that she was the person on the phone was telling me, okay, it may not be resolved in the one call. <laughs> right? yeah. um, so she was setting my expectation, right? That, you know, may not be something that you can help with. And we arranged the call the next day, right on time, called in to the number that they provided. Um, and we had a conversation and, and basically the, the diagnosis was, Yep, yeah, you have probably got something wrong with your shoulder. You need to go get physio because we really don't want to do any surgery or anything exploratory at this point. Just go some physio, that'll probably help you. So she gave me a referral and that was on to the next step. So when you called
0: in, did you get the doctor straight away, or did you get filled? To, how did that work? That's, that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, no, it, it was basically like a, uh, it was like a video conference with a video, right? So I, I don't know what system they were using. Cause I couldn't, I wasn't, sure. I wasn't seeing anything, but when I dialed in, uh, the doc was already there. Oh, uh, really? In, in the meeting. Yeah. She was, and we were both on time. I was right at the top of the hour and I dialed in and I said, hello, and, the doctor said hello and she was there and I was like, Oh, this is great. And we spent 15 minutes on the call very quick. And I would describe what I was experiencing. She goes, Oh yeah, that sounds like you tweaked the muscle. Like, and you know, so, so wait,
0: the doctor answered immediately. I'm yeah. a little confused by this, right? <laughs> you didn't have to wait in a waiting room for thirty minutes. You no, it was. Didn't, it you didn't have pretty... to get a nurse take you in. You didn't have to put your billing in, right? This feels so foreign to me, Colin.
1: <laughs> like this was. This was. I mean, it was foreign to me. Normally, when I go in to see this this practice, I'm usually waiting for thirty minutes and uh-huh. in the waiting room and everything. This was like zero. It was just. And then, as of course, I had to ask. So. I asked that question, like, okay, you were on like right away. She goes, oh yeah, this is my, this is my telehealth day. So I don't see patients in person today. It's all just on the phone or video and we space them. So I have like a few minutes between because uh, I can, like, I, I know I can get five minutes between because I'm not running from one room to another or trying to fill out a form or something like I. Just listening and typing as we go because you can't see me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is interesting. We've seen that, and I've talked to a lot of telehealth uh, users, and they say, oh, yeah, they've been on schedule. And I'm like, well, how can you be on schedule in telehealth, but so off schedule in person? Is it all the pleasantries that we feel like we need to do in person? Is it that we, what we're treating? I haven't figured it out fully, but it is interesting how telehealth usually runs on time where in person doesn't.
1: And that, you know, for a Canadian healthcare, that's pretty odd, right? Like we're used to waiting. So, but, so this was, that, that was a pleasant side of the experience. However, when we got to the physio side and when I had to go see the specialist, that side was a little bit, um, well, a bit backwards, I'll just say. Um, It wasn't that I had a bad experience with the physiotherapy, they were great and they were definitely helping me out, but just some small things that, you know, I think would have made my experience better. And I was surprised that um, they didn't offer it because physio is not not covered by our, our healthcare system, at least certain types of physio, right? recovery from an accident that's covered and things like that. But from what I did, it was sort of, it's not covered, right? It's personal, it's private pay. So I thought I would get sort of a bit sort of more higher end treatment, if you will, because there was like a private practice that I was going to. Anyway, I went there um, and called them up and I said, this is my problem. I've been referred by my doctor and they said, great, here's an appointment. Um, And then I didn't get anything. Like it just, I thought I would get like some welcome to the practice. (laughs) Like, here's what you can expect during your first physio appointment. Yeah. Here's some forms to fill out, like nothing and nothing. So I go to the, I go to the practice. I actually physically had to go obviously cause it's physio and like out comes the clipboard, <laughs> right? The clipboard came out. I had a sanitized pen, right? Um, cause it was in a plastic sleeve, the single use pen. Really? Yeah, it was a, and then, But I had to fill it out. I'm like, okay, this seems weird. Like, like I had to fill it. I couldn't, I could have done this online, but I filled it out, handed it in. Um, saw the and then you know saw the 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 doc and he basically recommended acupuncture as a way to start to kind of loosen the muscle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, scheduled that appointment, got the confirmation. Didn't get a text. I got a little card. <laughs> um, and then I thought, but they do have a system. I know that and I saw it. Like some other patients had, you know, gotten some things from this practice before. And I said, oh, do you guys have like a video or anything to like what to expect? So this acupuncture, they goes, no, we don't have that one in the library. I'm sorry. So I didn't get a video or anything. So I had to show up totally, like I was totally shocked at what the treatment was and everything. I didn't see any of that. So it was kind of like an unideal experience. Like it was just, I didn't feel like I was, honestly, I felt like I was being surprised by the treatment, which is not a great feeling. This, This is like the first time I've ever gone for this type of physio before.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how many doctors take it for granted, right? Because they deal with it every day and understand what it is. And, and you know, it's hard to remember that the patient experience is so different uh, when you're, you know, and we're pretty familiar with <laughs> healthcare in general, right? We're, we're above average in our knowledge and our, our health literacy. But, you know, it's like that still is disconcerting. Uh, but, you know, it, how did you feel, though? Like, I mean, because when I go to a practice like that, a part of me says, man, if you're not keeping up with like filling out the form online, even if it's a PDF on your website or, you know, something, right? Like, it makes me wonder, like, where else aren't you keeping up? And so like, that's always my concern. When I go into a situation like that's not that I don't care, you know, I make mean, I fill out a paper form, it's fine. But, you know, it just starts making me wonder, like, wow, so are they not keeping up on the quality of their medical care as well?
1: I did. I got to be honest, I did think that. After those first few things, but then I saw the the I saw the doctor, and he was very good, like very personable. Explained everything, like what was going to happen while I was in that one visit. But then, sort of, it was the stuff outside the visit that wasn't so great. So I kept going to the person because, um, you know, I think very knowledgeable, very clearly know, um, was, was really good. I even checked out the ratings as they were, uh, oh, I could yeah. find online to see and then, you know, it turns out he was one of the best, right? He's just like, Oh, okay, it's a good person. It's just, they didn't modernize the rest of the office. So to your point, John, it was kind of like leaving me wondering, it's like, it's, it's such a waste, you have such a great, fantastic uh, clinician here. And the, the overall experience is not where it could be to really help this practice take off, right?
0: Do ratings yeah. matter in Canada? I mean, you said that it was kind of private pay, so maybe it mattered more in that case. But did, like, do people care about ratings? Because you can, or can you can go anywhere, or no? I don't know.
1: Yeah, for this for this type of care, I can. I can go anywhere because it's not. I have to. Like I said, I have to pay myself. It's not mm-hmm. covered by our our um, government plan. So so yeah, I can go to my friend, you know, who's two towns away, or I could go to the one down the street if I had to. So. But yeah, for your I,
0: initial visit, did you have to go to your PCP? No,
1: no I could go. Well, um, no, I could go to anywhere. I could go to a walk-in clinic or any urgent care. I could have picked anybody. I just like my my own doc because, you know, they, we have a history and mm-hmm. she knows me really well. So, you know, it's a familiarity there, right? Um, so I just figured I'd give that a try. If if, if she didn't have an appointment that was going to meet my timeline, I would have gone to the local urgent care clinic right, and be seen tomorrow uh, or or that day. So, um, Interesting. You know, you also commented that you didn't do,
0: you know, there wasn't online because it's physio. So I have a bunch of PT friends uh, that, I, you know, I just saw one at Frisbee recently. And he was talking about, you know, during the pandemic, how it's been, and he's actually a new guy. So I didn't know him that well. Yeah, He said something about, you know, COVID and, you know, how it's been. I said, Oh, yeah, you're doing a lot of telemedicine visits. Like, I, I was just joking with him, right? Because, like, PT is harder to do. through we Oh, yeah, we're doing quite a few of those. And I was like, What? <laughs> like, I stopped in my tracks. I was like, Oh, yeah, you are. He said, Yeah, you know, he's like, It depends. You know, he's like, I usually want to do initial visits and different things. But for a lot of the follow up, if they're compliant, which I know is a dirty word, right? If they're following what I'm asking them to do and they're doing the exercises outside, he said, It's fine for me often to just do a telehealth visit with them to make sure, you know, I can evaluate, oh, do they have range of motion and those types of things. So it was interesting to hear that like, oh yeah, even in PT, you could implement telehealth.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, you know, it, I wish they did offer me an option for telehealth once we get down the road a little bit past the hole where they have to physically help me to make the motions. Um, so that was going to be an option. What I found a little bit more interesting, and I'll end my story here, was I asked about are there any apps that I could download and use to help me while I'm not here at the office, right? Like, is there anything that would watch me do the exercise and kind of superimpose me? And she's going, and basically it was like, not that it was news to them. But like, <laughs> they're like, well, there's way too many to for me to even track or make a recommendation on. So, you know, just download whatever one you think is best. And I'm like, but you're the expert. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, you should know I want it. you to recommend one to me. <laughs> yeah, Well, you need to go check out Force Therapeutics. They're a good one for, for the PT, ortho side of things uh, where they have a lot of those. I mean, they, they literally are building, you know, videos and other tracking to see how people are doing. So I know they're, they're one of the leaders in that space.
1: Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. And today we're talking about ourselves and our experience with healthcare when two healthcare IT guys walk into a hospital.
0: <laughs> and if you enjoy listening to our show, we think you'll really enjoy the Healthcare Wrap podcast with our friends, Jared Johnson and Zane Ismail. The Healthcare Wrap has been discussing digital transformation in healthcare for more than three years and 150 episodes. We'll get there one day. Each week, Jared and Zane share provocative thinking for healthcare innovators and digital teams with a fresh, unique style. And yes, of course, there is rapping. Uh, If you haven't heard Jared rap, you need to go check that out. So subscribe today to the Healthcare Wrap on Alexa, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.
1: So, so John, you've had an experience recently with the healthcare system as well. What happened there?
0: Well, I mean, it's basically misery because you don't know how to navigate it. And it's, it's a feature of being a parent, right? So in this case, it was my son who was just having this stomach pain and, you know, he kept reaching in the appendix area, right? That everyone knows, right? You point here, he's like, it hurts here, you know, and you know, so we knew it wasn't the heart. It was too low. Right. You know, we knew, we do. There's some other things, but I mean, it's just so much pain. We're like, we have to get it checked out. Right. I mean, at some point as a parent, you're like, I can't, I can't see this suffering anymore. So we schedule an appointment with this pediatrician. Luckily, we knew the pediatrician. It wasn't the pediatrician that we prefer, but It was one a guy that's okay right we're okay with him he spends a little too much time with his head in the EHR but uh you know anyway we think he's capable so we went in there and we saw him and of course he's taken the history classic example with our pediatrician his head buried in the laptop as usual um but we'd been there a bunch with you know we have four kids as you know uh so we'd been there a lot and we knew him we actually kind of left him for the other person uh because we didn't like that he was doing that but you know he was the one that was available and it was one of those emergent needs so we're like all right we'll take him you know (laughs) and so yeah anyway we get in there we tell him everything he you know he does the exam presses it he's like you know he's like i'm not sure and i don't have the tools to do all the diagnosis he said but this could be appendicitis and so we're like oh great he's like so if i were you i would head straight to the ed and because they can do the the tests and I think we ended up doing a CAT scan or something like that um, to really verify it. So long story short, I actually, I think I had work. So I had to go trade <laughs> my son with my wife and she goes into the ED. And it was really interesting that experience cause it was at the height of COVID. And it was spiking here in Vegas. Luckily, we're in a better place today. But at the time, it was spiking where there were literally COVID patients in the hallway. So she's passing these COVID patients in the hallway, which is you know, a disconcerting experience. And then she's also thinking, oh, great, I'm going to spend hours in this waiting room because of all these COVID patients, right? When my son has pain, how is this going to go? Long story short, turns out we didn't realize this, but there's a second <laughs> ED that's Ugh. just pediatrics only. We're like, oh, hallelujah. So she made it in there quick. And I mean, she, all in all, it was a good experience, right? They, they came in, they did all the tests, and uh, pretty quickly they were like, yeah, I don't think it's appendicitis. Uh, you know, I think it's just... He needed some Miralax, and you know, needed to work out his bells a little bit, if you know what I mean. So uh, anyway, I, I mean, overall, a fine experience, right? I mean, you you do it because you just don't know, right? And you yeah. didn't want to sit him at home and have him in have pain. it get
1: worse, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I mean, from a digital perspective, you know, I, I think it was just classic everything that you'd imagine, uh, you know, I think I actually called in to get the appointment because of course there was no self-scheduling. And I was like, who knows what the policies are now with COVID, right? Like I used to know, oh yeah, they have an hour in the morning that was for emergent visits that you could always get scheduled in. And it was like, I don't know, who knows what they're doing for COVID. So I had to call in and stuff. But, you know, the pain really started when the bills started showing up. (laughs) If it was just the pediatric doctor, it would have been easy, right? He would have just sent it to us. We got the bill, paid it, moved on with life. But with the ED, it's just such a mess. I mean, you get bill after bill after bill. I think we got four or five different bills from different organizations And I go to my wife, I'm like, who's this? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, oh man. And and, yeah, we actually had to pay $1,500 cash in person and we have a high deductible plan. So we weren't surprised that that was gonna happen, but we paid $1,500 there. And then we get another bill for another $3,500 from the hospital. We're like, wait a minute, is this legit? Is it not? And you you just feel paralyzed because- you know, I feel like I should know how some of this works and I probably do know how it works better than most, but you're just like, okay, do I go fight this? Do I not fight this? Do I, what do I do? So, you know, I think from a billing perspective, it was pretty challenging.
1: Hmm. I, I I can only sympathize John because uh, we don't get bills up here, (laughs) (laughs) but, but it, it just seems so odd that, that even This day and age, you're getting four separate bills for one visit. Like it's the same organization, is it not? Like,
0: and and that's why I think it's not. I think they contracted out. It's this mess of contracts, right? The radiologist is its own. The specialist who comes and sees you, the doctor, whatever, they're on their own. The hospital's on its own. The yeah. So, you know, like I think that's where it gets so messy.
1: Wow, that's I yeah. Like, how would you even solve that? Like, I don't I don't think any of the technologies that we've been talking about really address. Do they address this area or could they have addressed this area?
0: Well, here's what it could have addressed, right? I mean, yeah, I, I don't think you're going to solve the four bills right away. But with every bill, you're like, is this legit? <laughs> you know you, you there's no trust in any of the bills and my my approach which I is probably wrong you know i'm sure some people will chime in that are listening like my approach is to just sit on them like what are they going to do send me to collections fine send me to collections like i don't care and there's even you know there's laws right now that you can't send to the collections for certain things but it's like I know if you send me to the collections, then I can just negotiate with them and get a cheaper rate. And that's not great for the healthcare organization either because they're paying the collections and the collections giving me some sort of discounted offer. And so like a part of me, when I see the bill and I'm like, Oh, 3,500, you know, if it's 20 bucks, hundred bucks, I'm just going to pay it. Right. And I understand that I'm in a, a pretty lucky position to just be able to pay that where a lot of people aren't right. And, uh, and so you call them up, well, let me give you a payment plan. I'm like, I, I don't want a payment plan. Are you just trying to screw me up? Oh, there's no interest. It's like, okay, so you're going to float this? Like, you know? <laughs> Anyway, there's just like no understanding of economic models, right? And, and in many ways, it feels like, hey, I'm just going to take whatever I can from you. And if you have it, I'm going to take it. And so it's just like an awful feeling like, You know, that you go into it and and after you go through a billing experience like that, you're like, man, I'm ready to go on Yelp and just, you know, have at it because I'm just so angry about the experience. Um, So I think that's what makes it tough. Could they help us understand these are the legitimate charges and this is how it works and this is what you should pay and why you should pay it.
1: Right. Almost, Almost like a here's what happened during your visit. Here's what we're charging you for kind of map almost, right? Like, oh, you saw this specialist who was for the contractor or whatever it is, right? To help you understand, like, this is actually a legitimate bill. Um,
0: yeah, exactly. And when we got the one from the hospital, I actually called in because I wanted to see what they would do. I wanted to see how they would react, which of course I had to call. Imagine that, right? I couldn't just go on a portal and send them a message, right? And But one, I wanted to make sure, like, I don't see the $1,500 applied here. So, are you just trying to screw me over? Should I pay $1,500 less? Like, it was just super confusing. And, you know, they're like, wait, I paid $1,500. That's a significant amount of money for an ED visit, right? Like, why isn't this shown here in a way that says, oh, yeah, well, this is what it is? And so I called in to ask about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, if you see, yeah, you yeah, it was originally charged $30,000, which we all know that game. That's a scam game in and of itself, right? And you just feel off. Or you're like, yeah, $30,000. They're like, but your contracted rate with your insurance is 5000 And, uh, you know, and so then the $1,500, that leaves you the 3500 And, you know, I'm using round numbers, right? Um, and they're like, so yeah, your 1500 was paid. It's like, that didn't make me feel any better. And it didn't make me feel any better that the insurance company had a contracted rate of 5,000 when they say it's, I forget, 20 to 30,000, right? And then to add insult to the I said, well, the insurance didn't pay anything. So, you know, what's your cash pay rate? Oh, I don't have that information. Yeah, I bet you don't have that information. <laughs> In my head, I'm saying, yeah, you don't want to tell me what your cash pay rate is you know, and then I get, so then I look at it and I'm like, should I just go cash pay on everything? And then after the fact say, Hey, Oh, by the way, I have insurance. So can you do this to insurance? If it's more, I don't know. It was just so frustrating in, in general.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and again, you know how to navigate like, because you know, the system more than others. I mean, others probably might not have even argued or even thought to call in and ask for this, or even know that there is sort of, you know, all these different options. And I know you didn't pursue very many of them, but it—that that is just a whole strange world, uh, that whole billing and how, how confusing it is for an individual.
0: Well, and I knew that if I would, like I asked her, I said, well, can't you do anything for me? Oh no, we're bound by the contract of the insurance company. I'm like, I know that's BS. right? <laughs> like, I know you can do also, sort of, I mean, you're bound by certain contractual things. And so then I was torn. I was like, do I make my way to a supervisor? Right. Who I know is going to just make me write and do stuff. Right. You know, eventually if you make enough noise, they just get it. And, and I was telling this story to someone, they're like, yeah, or you just hop on the news and then guess what? That five grand is going to be a $500 or just forgiven completely. I'm like, but yeah, like, I shouldn't have to do that. You know, and if I, if you would do that, if I did that, then that just feels wrong.
1: Yeah. It's, it, but this is, uh, this is kind of interesting, right? John, like both of our experiences just goes to show that, you know, there's a lot of confusion in healthcare and and I got, you know, I'm a a little sympathetic for the people who are on the phone with us. Right. They might not know either. Like they might legitimately think that they're contractually bound not to say something or that HIPAA prevents them from revealing something when in fact it doesn't, right? Like
0: yeah.
1: we don't do a good job all around in terms of just educating people on what are the real ins and outs of this. Um, and you know, they're just, they do a job, they're meant to do this job and that's it. They don't do anything else. Um, but it, it just is surprising that, again, given 2021 that we're, you're still experiencing such confusion over billing.
0: Well, and this highlights another interesting discussion we had on Twitter recently, where someone asked about overutilization, and they were talking about it from a telehealth perspective, and does telehealth drive overutilization? And my instant response was, nobody wants to use healthcare. <laughs> and these experiences is why like we don't go to healthcare like we go to like a football game right like i i couldn't overutilize football games right like i could go to so many and i would never get tired of going to sporting events but you know like healthcare I don't know a single time where I've been like, oh, I can't wait to go see that doctor, you know, or I can't wait to go. I'm sure you're excited to go to a physio appointment where they're going to hurt you. I mean, literally, I mean, they're helping you, but it hurts, right? Like, there's nothing in healthcare that makes you feel good. Even, I mean, closest we come is the second shot of the vaccine, which it didn't really feel good, but it was an important step in the process, right?
1: No, you're absolutely right. We don't, uh, you know, I we even talk about it up here in Canada. I Maybe mean, it's a good place to end it, but. You know we talk about overutilization up here in Canada because it's quote unquote for free, right. but it's the same thing. Like they've done study after study to say there is a percentage of the population that do overutilize the healthcare system, but the majority of people don't. Because why? Because it's not pleasant. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's, you're, you're you're sick. You're not feeling well. I mean that's the reason why you're going into the healthcare system. No one wants to sit in a waiting room. Yeah, you don't uh, right? go to
0: a visit and they say, "Oh man, you are so healthy. I'm impressed by your health." No, if anything, they find something wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it, it is it is shocking that you know we we have the discussion about over and there is I'm not saying there isn't, but I think for most people who are in our situations, that isn't the case, right? I don't think we should we really need to worry about it. But it is just funny how two IT folks, you know, who are familiar with healthcare are still at a loss sometimes in healthcare. Cause I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to be going through and my next step. What my next step really is for my treatment. And I've tried looking it up and I don't really don't know. And yeah. in some ways
0: it makes it worse. Cause we know that there's better solutions and they haven't implemented them. So yeah, that, it sometimes it's even worse.
1: It is. Hey, listen, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. For more details about our show, check out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag H-I-S-M. I'm Colin Hung with my friend and collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.